0: This podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet BetOnline, the fastest, easiest, safest way to bet on all things sports. With March Madness, the Masters Major League opening day right around the corner. BetOnline has all the, la- the latest news, the scores, the odds to help you win big. And the best part, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So head over to BetOnline.ag, use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your literal free money. Uh, plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast you're listening to right now. Uh, again, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's one small
1: step One Columbia, Columbia, Columbia.
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast. We are back. We're better than ever. Uh, I've got with me today uh, just one of the crew, uh, Mike Cortez at Cortez Era. What is going on, dude? What's up, man? Pretty refreshed. This
1: All Star break was much needed.
0: Yeah, it was much needed. Like it's uh, a little bit of a breath of fresh air going into some of the games this week. It's it's definitely was getting a little bit stagnant, but. Uh, you know, we got things to look forward to. It was good to watch some all-star uh some all-star basketball in the meantime. Uh didn't make it to any of the events out here in Chicago. Did not get to go see my friend Kyle Maggio at any point. Um, so bummers all around there, but the dunk contest was red. Uh Saturday night was real cool. Um, uh, yeah. Fun all-star break. Yeah.
1: RJ had uh, a good game too. So that's RJ had it. a good game.
0: Yep. Yep. So uh So before we get into everything, of course, you know, we're part of the Blue Wire podcast family. Uh, Go check out our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Head to Twitter. Give us a follow. I'm Anthony Corbo at CorboAnthony. Uh, you can follow Mike at Cortez era, the Knicks wall at the Knicks wall at TKW Podcast, all of those good places. And while you're at that too, head to the Knicks where our fabulous writing staff, which includes Mike Cortez are constantly keeping you up to date on what we need to know to get through the end of the season. And the first little bit of news here that we got coming up, um, and there's not too much for this week, but. Uh, The first little bit of news that we got going on is uh, we finally have the official start date for one Leon Rose, uh, the soon to be president of basketball operations for these New York Knicks. Uh, March 1st is the day he was uh, part of the Dwayne Wade festivities, which kept him held up over the last couple of uh, the last couple of weeks and everything like that. So now that that's over with. Wade's had his three day retirement tour, all that good stuff. Uh, Leon Rose is set to begin his presidency, and uh, I don't know if we reported it, if or if it was uh, talked about in this pod at all that uh, World Wide West is not expected to join in any capacity. But we still have the agent Leon Rose. Uh, lots of decisions to be made from here. Uh, do you envision anything kind of drastic happening with Leon Rose? You know, right away in March when he comes to the table, or you think it's going to be kind of all the same for the rest of the season?
1: I hope there's some change quickly. Uh, one quick note on Worldwide West, he is still reported to be involved with the team, which I think is better.
0: The mm, fact which is, not official right. title.
1: Yeah, because now Got he can it. loom, it could be like a little master of whispers type role for the Knicks, which is much needed because mm. as we know, our public relations isn't exactly the best with players. Evidence right, by right. the free agent classes debacle put together. Yeah. So it's just just the fact that we can get that is good enough. And then, But more for Rose, I'm more concerned about the GM role. I heard Bagley tweeted or was on a podcast and said Perry's expected to remain with the team and Allen Houston is projected to get a promotion. So one of those two guys might be the general manager in that event. I don't know how I feel about that. I want change. I know they were going after Rich Cho from Memphis. That would have been something to be worth exciting, getting excited over, but I just want to see some results of some sort. I'm tired of just being, I feel like we're in purgatory right now.
0: Yeah, I don't so much mind. Uh, I, I don't know if I would mind so much seeing Alan Houston would, is probably a different story. I don't know if I would mind so much seeing uh, Scott Perry remains GM. Um, I would probably prefer him. I'm I'm fine with Scott Perry being in the organization. I think he's a smart guy. I think that maybe he's in a little bit too far over his head right now, but I'm still a little bit more inclined to believe that I'm going to put more of the fall on Steve Mills in this situation. Maybe it's because he's an easy scapegoat and he's already out. And, you know, that is what it is. Uh, But I, I do think that it'd be interesting to see if, scott perry reacts any differently with a different you know with a different boss essentially with a different kind of playbook and a different way that he can set the stage here um i'm i'm inclined to believe that i'm inclined to give him a shot on that i think that that's certainly a possibility I, alan houston i don't understand what that role could really be because he just seems a little too uh green for that and it just really seems like another Nick nostalgia hire but uh yeah something something about perry i'm willing to consider him for a, a period of time in that gm role but i mean i i do think that probably the best move here is just starting uh you know starting from scratch yeah
1: so. that's probably the main reason i want not i don't want perry fired i wouldn't mind if he stays around players I'm the, yeah i'm fine with him yeah, seem to like him like, I know Alfred Payton's very loyal to him, and I'm sure he's not the only one. I know Hazonia came to New York because of Perry, so he clearly gets through to the players, which shouldn't be undersold, especially for, for a front office that had a reputation of lying to players. Like, we had the whole Porzingis fallout. So, that's another thing that we want to keep players happy. So, maybe they find a cushy job for him. Houston, Glaf has full that I'm going with right now, is the G League's been the only good thing in the organization for the past five years and he was the GM of the G league team. So maybe he's not stupid. He certainly knows what a bad contract would look like. So that's always a plus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God damn it. It's really funny to think about that contract. Like if you take a look at it and it's a contract that I don't think would feel very out of place in today's market. It's like maybe, maybe that he, you know, that contract is something that could be, uh, you know, maybe, maybe two or three years ago, someone would have, of of his level would have actually signed it. But like when you consider the time when he actually signed the contract and just what the what a colossal overpay that actually ended up being, it's it's just fascinating. But I mean, beyond the uh, the GM position, I mean, the big, the biggest decision that I think that Leon Rose is going to have to make here is is the head coach uh Mike Miller has done uh you know a fine job I'd say for over the course of the season and you know he hasn't tried I don't think he's tried too many new things but he's at least not trying just like boneheaded things like Fisdale was doing I think that's kind of fair to say um he, he's at least like going with what works uh to a to a certain degree what with, with to a degree of what you can get out of this roster but I, I i you know but it seems like the consensus move here and just you know from what steve Stat was saying on tv not too long ago is the knicks are going to do a pretty good head coaching search here and the one there's only really one name there, there's a couple of names but one name is really kind of stuck out from the mix so far um who has been you know it's been reported around a little bit it's it's come up more than a few times it's uh a name that's been floated over the couple over the course of years that we've had a head coaching search but uh Tom Thibodeau is most certainly uh, seems like he's going to be considered for the head coaching job. And there's been a varying amount of percentages as to what, how likely that actually is. But um, at least in some capacity, it seems like Tom Thibodeau is going to be considered for this job. And uh, I want, that seems like he would bring a very stark difference to this team than what we currently have.
1: Torn on this because I do want a progressive coach like Jogger, Dave Joger, I'm butchering his name. The guy that coached the Grizzlies and Kings. That's who I want. Someone like that. Jaeger. Yeah, like the Jaeger. Jaeger. I'm sorry. There we go. Jaeger. Yeah. I want someone like Dave Jaeger. But if it's down to Thibodeau or Mark Jackson, I'm taking Thibodeau 10 times out of 10. And the Minnesota tour was bad. I think just the GM head coach mix never works unless you're a mad genius like Bill Belichick or. That's pretty much the only one person it works for, but I don't know. I, I'm just so split. He was not like the Timberwolves weren't really good on defense, but my thinking is you can't really be bad with Mitch and Frank as your base point. And then you have RJ and whoever they draft. I feel like Thibodeau could at least get this team watchable again for sure. It does
0: seem like, like especially if Frank's going to be around, and with what, um, and with what Mitch is already bringing to the table and everything, and he's obviously in the long term plans. But it does seem like uh, Tom Thibodeau like would be able to make something happen with those guys for sure. And would, you know, you'd probably see, I would think, some defensive improvements out of Dotson. I would think that maybe he would get on the court a little bit more. Um, I don't think Trier is still on the team after the season. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't really think anything about him in that case, but like, it seems like, you know, in that case, the Knicks this, this summer with the cap space that they have, and obviously the lack of, uh, free agent talent that's going to be on the market. Like, it seems like he could come in, you know, the front office works with him to sign a couple of defensive minded guys. Um, and he's able to make a decent run next year, or maybe we get close to the eighth seed or something like that, instead of just being, you know, sheer embarrassment, um, I could see that. And then maybe maybe the players do respect him enough out there to want to sign on after that. And then maybe, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that Tom Thibodeau could get this team to be a playoff team again. I mean, he did do that with Minnesota. Um, right. and, but but, but I, I don't know where that ceiling is. And I don't know how, I don't know if that will be at all detrimental to the long-term growth of these players.
1: Right. And the one thing that people should remember uh, is... That Wolves team, it seemed to be like there were a bunch of jackasses there because Towns, until D'Angelo got there, and they're still not really not winning much, but Towns doesn't seem like he was doing much to change stuff anyway. And once Jimmy Butler left, that team kind of nosedived. So I feel like that whole locker room was a little funky. And then the fact that Thibodeau was also the GM, it just was a bad mix. He was great in Chicago. I think running people into the ground... We already saw that with Fizdale, so how much worse can it mm-hmm. get? Yeah, sure, sure. So, I mean, if they do bring Thibodeau in, which that's per- been the only person reported over the last week, just please bring an offensive-minded assistant head coach. Just have, like, an offensive coordinator because yeah, I yeah, can't watch absolutely. half-court offense anymore. It's just brutal to watch.
0: Yeah, that that, that is really, I think, where the uh, the big struggles come in. But, like, there, there are certainly more – I mean, you see this all the time with with coaches in in any sport you see it in hockey all the time where you have an uh, you know an assistant coach there and an associate head coach there is there just to drop the, you know defensive plays or or you know penalty kill plays like you have this in basketball too where guys are defensive geniuses and you and you have guys who are offensive geniuses and like the head coach takes that load off of their shoulders and essentially hands it off and I mean they have a say in it but like they're going to let the experts do the work here and that's what you need behind Thibodeau uh you know whatever his job is going to be to get these guys working to motivate them and then to you know keep the defense consistent and i think you have a really good point about him being just in a bad situation in minnesota you know it, it's like i understand that he didn't do himself any favors there but he's all he was in over his head as the president and the coach for sure and then also like the players just were not uh, you know other than jimmy butler it was it was just not the right mix of personnel there and you know butler was gone pretty soon from there and everything so I, I do think that he doesn't get dealt an entirely fair fair hand when it's talked about how bad of a situation that was on all fronts of minnesota but i mean he's he did contribute to his own demise in that sense and hopefully he's different you know he's learned about that from yeah
1: there. and i know he's on the usa coaching staff i don't know if he still is so he does have a tie to the elite of the league And maybe just uh, he's a he seems he comes across as a basketball junkie, so maybe just less bureaucracy as a front office guy, and more nuts and bolts type of stuff. Maybe that's the key to it. And on that coordinator thing that you were just talking about, he was the defensive coordinator essentially for Boston under Doc Rivers. So if anyone knows how good that can work, it's Thibodeau himself. So.
0: Right. And then we also have the token Nick's nostalgia hire part of it in here too, where you get the, you know, he was on, he was on Van Gundy's staff. Yeah, he was on, yeah, he He was, I believe he was
1: also, uh, I can't remember, I think he was definitely in the 90s as well, but he was 100% on Van Gundy's thing. But if we're yeah, doing yeah, legacy yeah. hires, that's another thing. He's the best possible nostalgia hire, too, if you're going to go that route.
0: Right, right. But you know, it is a consideration. Yeah, always. Like, whether it ends up being the thing that wins out or not, it's always a consideration. Yeah, and it's
1: not just a Knicks thing. We just blow it up because it is. But anytime you get, like, a former player that could coach a team, it's always just like, oh, he played for us, so he has to be kind of good. Like, J.K. with the Nets is, was a classic one.
0: Oh my god, that was so! Cool. I mean, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> um, all right, so we have the whole Theodore thing, thing. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to see where it goes from here, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what other names get into the ring. I mean, you mentioned dave yeager before. I think he would be an interesting, uh, you know, one to take a look at in here.
1: Uh, Cal um, Perry was also mentioned. I do not want. Yeah, that. as a Kentucky fan. I feel like he's a disaster in college and big games, so I just don't want Calipari anywhere near this team. I like him.
0: I, I mean, would, John like, available right now too.
1: Yeah, I'm good on that too. <laughs> <I love> <laughs> <him>. <laughs> he like, he lasts like what two minutes? Come on, he had, like, uh,
0: oh, let's, let's see. He got he must have been hired around you know August or so, G- July or August, and he made it to February. Yeah, so.
1: and I mean, he struggled yeah. to get that because that was just. Report after report. It's like, yeah, he's considering leaving. All right, they're really trying to get them out of here. Yeah, he's gone.
0: Yeah, the honeymoon phase lasts until about, like, October 15th. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, I mean, that's really the big – that's the big news to come out of this week. Um, the other th- thing to talk about here is, you know, kind of bizarrely this morning, R.J. Barrett mentioned that he's uh, predominantly right-handed but shoots lefty. Um that that's a little bit more common than I think people are making it out right
1: now. Yeah. He said it on first take during his pre-draft workout or uh, pre-draft, you know, interviews rather. So this isn't yep. news. It's just Ben Simmons does this too. So I don't know if it's a defense mechanism to say like, Oh, by the way, I can shoot my right hand. I just like shooting on well, my left. I don't understand. Yeah, and
0: the common thread here is they're both bad shooters.
1: Right. With with so very weird touch too. Like sometimes they'll shoot and it's like, wow, this guy's a nice stroke. And then other times it's just like off to the side, like by a
0: mile. Yeah, and I mean we're recording. I think the is the Hornets game still going or is it down three? Time? Um, yeah. So we're recording in the middle of the game right now. But I mean, like his first basket tonight was like a beautiful looking shot. It's a gorgeous three, mm-hmm. but it like didn't come until the uh you know until like the beginning of the second half, and you wonder what happened, you know, with all, all the shots before that. And you, yeah, you know, it's just, I, he's not going to have a consistent shot until he works on it this, this summer. And there's really no way of knowing whether or not, you know, a change in hand is his best way to, you know, to go about doing that.
1: I think his best um, offense was discovered. i well, not really discovered, but the rising stars challenge and his Houston, his the first game off the break at Houston, that was like the perfect RJ offense where it's just downhill get to the rim. He's never going to be right, like 40%.
0: Which is why if Thibodeau is here, you do not want him in charge of the offense because that's going to just neutralize everything that RJ can bring to the table. Yeah.
1: I think Thibodeau is better if you have like a Derrick Rose type of guy or just somebody that can help create right. because otherwise it's half court, grinded out offense, which is probably the least appetizing thing after watching this year of ISO ball with right, guys right. who shouldn't be playing ISO ball.
0: Um, really funny about the uh, Hornets game earlier today too. Uh, they and they they put out a tweet that said that Malik Monk was going to get the first start of his career tonight too. Right? Like, that was an actual he tweet. Started, that. He,
1: st- he started last night and then.
0: Oh, was it from was it from yesterday? The tweet was. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it until this morning. I thought that they tweeted this morning that uh, Monk was going to get the first start of his career tonight, and then he got suspended immediately <laughs> after.
1: I want to know what it was. He's definitely a weed guy.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a weed guy. um But I mean, but it's that you don't get suspended for being caught smoking weed once. I mean, I'm sure he probably is weed legal in New York? Well, No, true. it's not legal. Well, not legal. In Russell
1: never, I know Russell got popped at LaGuardia with, I forgot how much he had, but nothing really happened to him. So you're right. So it was probably just Roids or. Some form of yeah, because you need piece. you need like
0: three, you need at least three for it to be for you to be suspended. Um, like you like you need to test positively three times. Um Damn. So yeah, I mean, it usually what happens there is it's just guys just, you know, smoke weed. So it's like they they kind of get caught once they don't think they're going to get tel- tested again for a little bit and then you know they get they get hit again with it. So, um, yeah. And so that, I mean, that's really probably all it really is, but who cares? We're speculating on it at this point. Hey, he buy low, Um,
1: buy low. I'd still take them.
0: Yeah. Uh, Marijuana is not legal in North Carolina, by the way. Shocking. Um, Yeah. Shocking. I can't believe I thought for a second. (laughs) And Illinois is just Illinois is something else right now. Let me tell
1: you. In a good way.
0: Um, No, in a good way. uh, Well, at least Chicago. Yeah. recreation is a good thing anywho um so i guess really to just put a bow on what we got going on tonight because i don't think there's too much more to go through um we are we're coming up on that time of the year the Knicks have, once again have a lottery pick it's uh gonna likely be you know I, I would say it's more likely than not that it's top seven uh at the very very least Uh, you know, we're, we're slotted right now. We are uh, over on NBA net. You're looking at, they have us projected about the fifth pick. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, so, you know, that's where we're at right now and things are, uh, you know, so we got to start thinking about it. And I being the uh, chronic procrastinator and also just not a huge uh, college basketball fan, I don't really know much about any of the prospects going in right now. Uh, I kind of, hear some stuff in passing and i see what's in front of me on the screen right now which is just a big list of all of them so uh that's why we're so lucky to have mike cortez around here because mike actually does know what the hell is going on with this stuff and uh we're going to be having the uh draft season pod which is hosted by him uh jess reinhardt from the knicks ball and uh we're gonna have joe uh joseph dardone's on is doing it too right he Will
1: definitely be on uh, hopefully as much as possible but we'll work with joe's schedule yeah. but yeah he will definitely be on
0: yeah yeah uh joe is a college guru uh ran a site called cbb today for a while a bunch of other stuff uh you've certainly seen his work uh if not you'll hear from him soon but so uh, to get us prepared for that, to get us ready for that, um, I'm going to kind of throw it to Mike here and let you kind of go through the list of uh, prospects here. And why don't you kind of give me an opinion on where you think, you know, I'm going to throw out a couple of draft positions after you go through a couple of these, and you're going to let me know who you think the Knicks should draft. if they
1: fall cool. that position. All right, so first off, I just want to thank God for being so damn nice because since I've been doing the pod, I've made an effort to watch even more Knicks than I watched in the past, which just kind of took away from my college watching, which I usually like to do, I don't know, about like mid-January. Luckily, the top of this class is international guys. So, this year's board, I was just going for like maximum star potential, high floor because <laughs> the lack of talent on this roster is frightening. So, Killian Hayes from France. I know it's a French guard. Ha ha. No, this kid's legit. He models his game after Harden. He has like a very Kobe-ish background, where he played guys older than him growing up in playgrounds. He he moved over to Europe, wanted to come back to the states for high school and college. His father said no, go to pro, go pro first. He did that, and I think that experience, in addition to molding his game after one of the best scores of our era, is just. I think it's a home run if he hits, and even if he doesn't hit, I still think he's one of the better options. LaMelo came in second. I know he's probably the fan favorite just because he could put on a show when he's hot. The problem with him is his cold streaks are very noticeable, and I don't know if people are going to be patient enough with him. Same goes for Anthony Edwards, the first college guy on the board. He could... So
0: yeah, he's he's probably the name that I hear come up right. the most at this point, or or I I would say more at the beginning of the season, uh, but I've heard his stock kind of go up and down here. I'm I'm curious to hear what you think about. He's him. weird.
1: He's hasn't been good against the better teams. He's like a bizarro RJ where it all of it looks good. It just never looks good at the same time, or rarely does. Like early in the season, I think it was against Michigan State. He scored like 20-something points in the second half, and he looked like an NBA superstar in the making. And then I saw him against Kentucky, and I forgot he was on the floor. He has like Cam Reddish tendencies, where Cam Reddish, would used to, last year Cam Reddish would just hide, and hide in plain sight. And Edwards does that too, only Edwards doesn't have a Zion or an RJ to help him. So it's made him look worse than he probably actually is. But if we do get him... It's a very good win. He's interchangeable with RJ. It's something to be happy about. And then the other names to round it out were Cole Anthony. He's kind of been in the mix the whole time. Legacy pick. That's the pick I think they make if they fall. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit, but if they fall outside the top three, Cole Anthony, I could definitely see like that front office trying to push, like, oh, New York, Greg Anthony played for the Knicks type of thing to bring him there. And Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, no one really knows as much about him as they should but just think of lamello in terms of passing iq shooting he's all Halliburton gives you all of that without the name so it's not as sexy. yeah because I, I know you
0: and you and jess especially have been bigging him up for a couple of weeks now yeah he's just
1: smart days. yeah he's just smart and it sucks because the few times i saw him live he was kind of like eh And then he hurt his wrist, and he's done for the year. So we're not going to really see him again. And that's the problem with this draft class. The top guys are all out of it. Like, they're either internationals or their teams stink. Because Georgia's probably NIT-bound. Cole Anthony's probably NIT-bound. And then Halliburton's hurt. Obi Toppin's probably the only guy I could see rising up. And then the rest are kind of just like a mixed bag of just like, meh. Like, this draft class isn't as bad as people are saying it is but it's definitely you have to dig to find the gold obi
0: Toppin's kind of a guy who came out of the blue this season right i didn't i don't remember seeing him on any boards up until you know pretty recently and i mean he he kind of he yeah. rocketed. yeah up joe great. actually
1: mentioned him towards like one of the last draft season episodes he i mean Maybe I just—I think I just caught him on great games. He looks like a star to me, but apparently his jumper isn't as wet as I thought it was. So I guess that's more of what's holding him back. And as long as Randall's here, I doubt they're going to go with Toppin, even though he'd be an awesome pick. He's from Brooklyn, elite name. Right. I'm big on basketball names. That's why Killian. Yeah, that is a t-
0: really good name. That we'll is be an elite. That name. Killian
1: Hayes, like those, those are really two yeah. strong. Names.
0: You know, Killian Hayes is a good one too. Yeah, I've been, I've been. Big on Killian. All right, so let's let let's uh let's break it down by position here, and I I want you to include here, um, what do you think the Knicks should do with the pick if they end up in the spot here too? Let's like, do it. Uh, like, let me know what you're thinking about. Uh, you know, trade trade up, trade down, anything like that. So let's let's make it easy. Let's start with the the they land the number one overall pick.
1: Uh, I am praying that David Blatt, who we confirmed is still with the team as a consultant is banging pots and pans outside whoever ends up making this decision and saying take Killian because, like I said, this guy has everything you need, I think, to be a good player. And mm-hmm. the Knicks need a score, and this guy has the potential to be a 20-point scorer, I believe. He shoots close to 90% from the free throw line. He can pass. He can do everything. I think that's the guy you take it one.
0: All right, so Golden State gets the number one pick. They take Hillian Hayes. You get the number two pick.
1: Uh, I am gonna cry, and then I'll probably take Lamelo. Saint, like I said, they need a lead guard more than anything. This offense is stagnant, and no matter who the coach is, I don't think Lamelo is capable of playing boring basketball. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's gonna be entertaining. It's kind of like it could be like Jameis Winston, where you don't know what you are gonna get, but you know it's gonna be something you want to watch.
0: All right, so I'm going to go I'm going to go to 3 now too and I want to know if anything changes at at this point for you.
1: No, if LaMelo's still there, I probably still go LaMelo over Edwards, which is kind of risky, chance to look stupid, but I really I just don't want a gaggle of guys who are afraid to shoot the basketball and or just take poor shots and I feel like that could happen with Edwards if there's no point guard there. And I'm not sure Alfred's going to be there. Frank is just still hasn't shown enough to be a lead guard. I prefer Frank off the ball, which is another reason I favor LaMelo and Killian. They can handle the ball and Halliburton as ball handlers. I prefer that right now versus, you know, another wing that could or could not be good.
0: All right. So at at this point, let's talk about like four through six. Um, like 4 through 6 does anything start up with like trade down scenarios at this point
1: Uh, maybe since Halliburton got hurt if Halliburton wasn't hurt I would say just grab Halliburton and call it a day I would at least explore moving down to like 8-9 If depending on what you can get we still have to see how the rest of the draft shakes out the draft order shakes out but if a team of multiple picks wants to move up or even a player You can get. I would definitely explore trades after, especially if Killian and Lamella are off the ball, off the board, and Edwards. I would definitely try and look, ideally, towards the end of the top 10, just so you could still nab someone good like Isaac Akuro from Auburn. If they can't land a guard and you want a wing that you know that's going to be decent, I think that's a good move. I heard, uh, I haven't seen enough of him yet. The kid from Israel, Denny Avija, I'm butchering his name, but. Mm Like someone like that, I think trading down for that is good. Or even getting Obi, like you said, Obi. Mm-hmm. That's a tail end guy, depending on what happens, but
0: it's really interesting. I'm I'm looking at this uh this one I have right now, and this I'm just on like a random website right now, just got a couple of names in front of me, but uh they have Killian Hayes all the way down at sixteen. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. And I I think that there's gonna be a lot of I, I think it's pretty fair to say that the predictions across the board for this draft are going to be, uh, are going to be a bit inconsistent. It, it see like the the kind of opinion that I've started forming about this is that not a ton of people really agree about who should be drafted where at this point, other than like Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, and like Cole Anthony in, being in the top five.
1: Yeah, it's you're going to have to hunt, and the good teams that know how to draft and scout well. They'll find the good players and the teams that just don't draft well. You'll come up with a dud, and that's what's scaring me a little bit. I really want Leon Rose to get the best possible scouting department he can because this is the draft. You're going to need it. Next year's, not to look too far ahead, but next year has a clear-cut guy, Cade Cunningham. This year doesn't, but like I said, there are guys with high floors and some with very high ceilings.
0: Yep. Um, All right. So I think that's enough to give them the to get started on here. Um, So we're planning on um, draft season coming back, most likely not this Sunday, the Sunday that uh, follows. So uh, we'll be, you know, right as all you start seeing a little bit more of some of the American players here in these tournaments, Um, then, uh, you know, more and more you'll be you'll be getting more familiar and you'll be able to see maybe what the Knicks what we think the Knicks might end up doing with these. So um yeah, uh that's gonna be awesome, Mike. We're definitely looking forward to that. Um yeah, but I think that's gonna just about take us to the end here tonight um like i said make sure you check us out on the knickswall.com uh mike what do you have coming up what have you uh written about lately anything we got to plug on the
1: site here just the draft board as we went over check that out um draft season's coming up and hopefully probably next week like you said and just check out the features we got some good stuff quentin's got some good stuff harley just posted something on kevin knox's nightmare season so check that out it was a good read uh, what did Quentin? Quentin's been on, Quentin's been on fire, but I can't remember his last. Oh, Leon Rose. Quinn wrote about Leon Rose. Zach wrote about uh Tom Thibodeau. So just check it out. It's a lot of good content. I know it's a slow part of the season, but we're still churning out articles every day. So just yeah. get those a read. We're definitely as if
0: we weren't this entire season, but we're definitely in the part of the season where the writing is better than the basketball being played. Oh yeah. So you can't question uh, our you, loyalty. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. There's. There's there are interesting things going on with this team right now. You just got to dig a little bit deeper to find it. We have, we have a bunch of people on the site right now who are dedicated to doing just that. So give them a read. Uh, give us a follow at the next wall at TKW podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Anthony Corbo. Follow Mike at Cortez era uh, blue wire pods on Twitter. Thanks to our sponsor Betonline.ag. online. a G and uh, yeah. Talk to you all next week. People.